G'day Hawkers, thanks for your patience this past week. It's great to finally have this episode out there so you can all get your fix of the Hawk Talk podcast. Now for context, we hit record on this one right before the Hawks hosted the Saints at Box Hill City Oval in round two AFLW action. So if you're wondering why there's only a recap of that momentous Marvel game, that's why. Thanks again for your patience. Last episode before we take a short break, let's get on with it. Blow the siren. Hey Hawkers, we're back here at Hawk Talk Pod HQ to recap the past week, and oh boy, it's been a big one. History made at Marvel Stadium as Hawthorne's first ever AFLW campaign got underway, and we were there. Meanwhile, Box Hill fought to the bitter end in an elimination final. There's been a fair bit of free agency and trade talk, so we'd better get down to business. Welcome to another edition of the Hawk Talk Podcast. My name is Nick Mason, and Tiz, there's a few things jostling for the top spot in terms of talking points. I think on any other day, we would have been talking straight away about the momentous occasion that was Hawthorne's AFLW debut. But we've had some big news. Liam Shields, Premiership hero, 255 gamer. He's uh, called time on his career. Hang up the boots. One of the great all-time best team players and loved, beloved by Hawthorne fans. Incredibly consistent, criminally underrated. How does that happen? Well, when you're at a big club with lots of big names around and you're the bloke in the middle just getting the ball out and getting the shit done. Yep, just getting it done. Nothing flashy about Liam Shields, but that was the point, wasn't it? Just turned up and got it done. He was there from 17 years of age. Mm -hmm. arrived in 2009 after we'd already had the premiership success. Mm -hmm. And then just slotted into that side, which was filled with very, very good players. Would have been one of the first picked every week. And I think he's 15th on the list of all-time players for Hawthorne. That's right, yep. Just an amazing career from him and never, ever sought the limelight. No. Totally elite, didn't act like it, wasn't celebrated as such, but internally and amongst Hawthorne supporters, we recognise him as elite. During that period when we got the three-peat, if Liam Shields was at the contest, Mm. he had in terms of all over the AFL, uh, the probability that the opposition broke away from that contest was the least due to Liam being there. Well, he was one of the premier tacklers of the league. When he was at his prime, he was top of the lot. I think historically, in terms of Hawthorne stats, he is one of the, if not the best tackler that we've ever had. So, I mean, what a career. And friend of the show, Liam Shields. We got him on before he retired, so. (laughs) And another great number 26. Does Liam Shields get his own stand? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't got a stand. <laughs> he did. Fantastic stuff from Liam, and obviously his family and friends knew that that would be his last game against Richmond at the G. Yeah, those were the whispers. I mean, people were wondering, you know, why did we bring in Dan Howe? He could have picked Liam Shields and had that final game of the season. That would be his send-off. My understanding is that people were briefed about this, and it was decided that Liam would be picked for that game, that final game in Melbourne, 
where his family and friends are and can actually see his final game, it all makes sense when you th- once you think about it. So I think that is what actually happened there. But in true Liam Shields style, he committed to the VFL cause. Yes, yep. And we'll get to that later, how they went. But, um, you know, congratulations to Liam on a magnificent career surrounded by brilliant players and he got the most out of himself. Thoroughly dependable. And, and right to the end. There, I, I, there was no discernible dip this year in his output, really. He conducted himself with amazing professionalism and skill uh, when he did spend a lot of time in boxing. It would have been easy for him to at drop both, his head. At both levels. Both exactly. levels. Yeah, what a boxes. great club man. Great club man. Excellent career. Congratulations, Liam Shields. We do have to move on because, as I said, the momentous occasion that was Hawthorne's AFLW debut last weekend uh, wasn't a win. But it was incredibly entertaining and it just filled you with optimism for what's to come. Well, for a loss of that magnitude, it felt very much like a win. Yeah, no, it really did. Great atmosphere, lots of hawkers there. I think if I had to sum up my feeling on the final siren, it was, oh, that's a shame. (laughs) You know, it just would would have been nice to win. But the overriding feeling was like, this is actually amazing. I love this. And then we tried to get to the other end to clap them off, but... uh... Wasn't much left in the legs, to be honest. I've been going from end to end during the game, yeah, following of... the scoring in. I haven't, <laughs> you were actually, I haven't yeah. done that since JD, the big Jason <laughs> Dunstall. And a fair bit of foot traffic to contend with as well. They got a really nice number. It was just over 12,000 people there, really well attended, a great vibe, and uh, a lot of positives to pluck from this game. I-, I thought in terms of moments of the match, it's really hard to go past uh, Sophie Locke and Sarah Perkins, their respective goals. Now, Sophie Locke paying tribute to her mum, who passed away two weeks prior with the first ever goal for Hawthorne AFLW. That uh, brought a tear to my eye. It was genuinely emotional. And and look, mate, between you and me, we've seen a lot at Marvel Stadium. There's been a lot of big, big Hawthorne moments. That goal from Sophie Locke, I doubt I'll ever forget. And then Sarah Perkins followed it up. Yeah, with a tribute to her late aunt. A spectacular goal, that one. So, yeah, an incredibly sentimental evening for Hawthorne. For a side that the bookies gave no mind to, I think Essendon were a dollar five. We yeah. were eight fifty or something, which is pretty incredible. We performed well beyond expectations and standouts. Tilly Lucas Rod, our captain, mm. with seventeen touches, eight tackles, and very very noticeable from the stands. Like you can pick her out from a long way, which is helpful. Yeah, when you're watching a new side, that 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 really um, assisted me. And then uh, Jasmine Fleming. Looks yes. elite, definitely a rung above. Mm-hmm. And First although, pick in the draft, of course. Really impressive on debut. But only 12 touches, but she made them telling. Well, she looked right at home and, and had a touch of class about it as well, uh, which is not easy to do. We had, I think, 12 debutants. She was the standout. I thought it also was interesting to see uh, a defender in Louise Stevenson plugged into the midfield to great effect. We won most of those contests that she attended. Yeah, that, that was odd. But it worked. My favourite one to watch, I've got to say. <laughs> no surprises here. Is Zoe Barbacos. Of course, because she slotted two great goals. Now, we've seen her at VFL, but she she reserved her best for for last Saturday night. Yeah, no doubt about it. Where'd that come from? That was incredible. <laughs> Suddenly you're like, wow, she has arrived. Zoe Barbacos with that first goal to exude that kind of confidence on the big stage and weave her way in between those players. Where I swore, it was right in front of me, mate. I really thought she was going to dish off the handball. It was right there. <laughs> But uh, no, she sold it herself, and I thought that was an amazing goal. And uh, yeah, really great first impression at the level. And then two, which are, which have been very, very important for Hawthorne in the past, 
Both Tamaras, Smith and Luke. <laughs> That's right, yes. Tamara Smith with 14 touches and a game-high nine tackles. That's the stuff I like, getting in and under, really make it a physical contest. That's what she's good at. And Tamara Luke, one of my personal favourites, of course, for anyone who's been listening to the podcast lately, 16 hitouts, the dominant ruck on the ground, improving. Well, Tamara Luke and Sarah Perkins, similarly, just really tough matchups. Yeah, and we still didn't win the free kicks, Nick. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's a surprise. Uh, you know, it, it apparently that transcends all forms of football, so that's that's good to see. Well, Some consistency there. Well, what we don't have in the free kick count, we make up for with a functioning board. So it's, all is right between Essendon and Hawthorne there. Uh, inside 50s are actually kind of close, given the margin. Uh, Essendon 36, Hawthorne 29. It was Mark's inside 50, though. Essendon 12, Hawthorne 3 making it just a little bit too easy for the Bombers. Yeah, so in terms of how the game looked, Hawthorne moved the ball magnificently mm. off the half-back line and, and through, often through the centre with real bravery and courage, uh, just trying to use their speed. Yeah. And it was, it was great to see, actually, because it, it resulted in lots of space in our forward line for Zoe and a couple of the others. But in terms, they were happy to hit the, hit the ball into the turf. And let uh, let the crummers take it from there. But um, yeah, as they get more experience, you'll see these girls hitting up passes into the forward line, mm-hmm. and I, I think there's tremendous upside for them. As first impressions go, it was terrific, and it was a total reversal of form from what we saw in the practice match. They looked dangerous. The ball movement was there. There was less panic. I think maybe as they tied in that final quarter, that's when the, when the tide turned. Essendon took advantage of that just fine, but. The clearances, we actually won. Hawthorne, 25. uh, Essendon, 19. So, look, there's so many things to be positive about with this first game. And, of course, as people are listening to this, I imagine, trying to think of when we put this episode out, I imagine the the St Kilda game would have happened by the time people are listening to this. But uh, it's the start of the AFLW season. Get on board. It's going to be an exciting ride. And we'll move on to, uh, well... The footy trip started early. Well, as one season begins in the AFLW, another season ends, sadly. Uh, Gold Coast defeating Box Hill in an elimination final up on the Gold Coast. 13-6-94, played 10-11-71. Box Hill, they battled bravely. I I hoped, I really hoped they might have another stunning comeback in yeah, them. Yeah, well, they were in it with five minutes to go. But this was really, if if you're looking towards next year and you're not trying to you know, flog yourself with the result and, mm. and how poor a few of the boys were at the end of the year. The tale of two Maxes, Max Ramsden, <laughs> right. who dominated that first quarter and threatened to totally blow Gold Coast out of the water. He looks elite, and obviously that's why Grundy's now out of the picture to come to Hawthorne. No, is that so? Because he looks like he'd be ready far... Like I said, he might need four or five years. He looks like he could be ready in... Uh, you know, 18 months. It's the week-to-week progression that's really exciting. The fact that you can stream or turn up to the ground and you see his improvement is just there to behold every single time. Now, he's still slow, don't get me wrong, Hmm. but his movement, his ability to grab the ball, to uh, turn on a thrupney bit, beautiful goals. Very, very exciting for all Hawks fans. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. The other guy who isn't listed, Max Hall, uh, got three goals in the end, but he nearly kicked three goals in a minute. Yeah, well, that, that's basically it. He had a red-hot patch right when Box Hill needed it, too. He gave them a sniff. He kicked two goals, one, inside a few minutes, and, and suddenly it looked like, well, Box Hill might do the unthinkable, climb their way off the canvas and pinch a win here. But uh, 
Look, it wasn't to be. Um, Fergus Green kicked four goals, but was kind of quite miraculously it's weird. quiet. It's weird because you think Fergus Green basically unsighted four goals. Exactly. Yeah, it's just one of those games. So didn't do anything to, you know, limit his chances of being picked up. Yeah. Or uh, and Cal Porter as well. Oh, Cal Porter, magnificent. Yeah, one of the most consistent performers for Box Hill. And, and consistent doesn't do it justice. He's been amazing. And He's then, been one of the standouts for weeks. Unfortunately, Callow went down at one point in the match, yeah. which meant that Jekka went forward, but he hadn't had much influence on the game. Yeah. Neither had Saunders. Anyway, in terms of a season for Box Hill and Proctor at the helm, they've developed a lot of talent there. Yeah. Um, and he hasn't had a lot of time to get these boys to gel. Mm-hmm. They didn't have their captain in the final. In fact, they didn't have their captain for large periods of That's the year. That's right, yeah. So... Tremendous result, and you can only expect that uh, they'll do better next year. And mm, looking forward to it. Now that we'll get to it later, but there's six changes on the list. There's yeah. going to be a lot of performances by Hawthorne players in the Box Hill next year. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, that transitional um, thing between Mitchell to Proctor, it gets a tick. Mm. They were very entertaining, Box Hill, this year. I mean, some of the come-from-behind wins really help with that. They yeah. were. But there are also times where you thought, oh, well, they're totally out of their depth here. Yeah. And that's something yeah. for the AFL house to look at because there are definitely big, big gaps oh, in yeah. the competition yeah. in terms of uh, you know performances. That, that bottom end of the ladder, I think Footscray defeating the Northern Bull Ants by over 100 points yeah. easily. Yeah. It's like, well, that's there's something a little amiss here with this competition. Uh, anyway, we do need to move on. Newcomb, giant Newcomb, finally recognised. I mean, not by the fans... But by the coaches, the people might count for a bit more. Yeah, not a popularity contest, but one driven by results. Yes, the people that know best. My my faith and confidence in the average footy fan really took a hit with this. For Jai Newcomb to not crack the 22 under 22 team is a joke. But he did scoop the AFL Coaches Association Best Young Player Award. So he had that at least. Meanwhile, he actually... Now, now that's based on all the coaches' votes, tallying them up and going, okay... Duke Newcomb's top of the list, yep. and then Dacos, and a couple of others. Yeah, right? yeah. That's how he won it. Mm-hmm. Let's make that clear. Because as we move on, we'll discover <laughs> the popularity and the look and you know just the unquantifiables are very, very important. Yeah, but between Rising Star and All-Australian, you're 100% spot on. Now, I did notice that every judge bar one had a top three in the Rising Star, this is, of Dacos, De Koning, and Newcomb. Cameron Ling was the standout. He had Ginevan in front of Duke, so I guess that 2008 still stings a bit for Cameron. Well, I mean, he's just he's he he just really likes duckers. <laughs> is that it? That's all it is. He played with one. Now we're going to talk about Sicily being besmirched by by leading basically every key indicator for a defender, and then yeah. being totally uh, overlooked even for the bench in the All Australian side. I, I couldn't believe it. I genuinely was not ready. Even for after this. Stewart missed how many weeks? Yeah, just ridiculous. I, I when he made the squad, I was like, oh, it's a foregone conclusion. He's in the team. Yep. Why? Why wouldn't he be in the team? That's crazy. I mean, let's look at the selection panel. Put these guys on blast. Gill, Gill McLaughlin's there. Jude Bolton, Nathan Buckley, Kane Corns, Andrew Dillon, Glenn Jakovic, Jared Healy, Chris Johnson, Cameron Ling, Nick Rewalt, and Brad Scott. These blokes. Fair to say, Tiz, should know a fair bit about football. And there's so much brown and gold on that panel there, too. <laughs> you know, these blokes know what it takes to be successful in football. 
<laughs> together, they decided that James Sicily, that is the player that's number one in the comp for disposals, if uncontested decision. If you want a shit decision, ask Jared for an opinion. <laughs> Meters gained as well. Marks, number two for intercept possessions. On pure player rating tiers, he's the number one key defender league-wide. Couldn't crack the All-Australian final team. If you get if you get Jared alone, he'll still defend giving Reese Palmer. <laughs> oh, is that right? That rising star over Cyril. Ah, oh, look, you, you have to keep that in mind, don't you? When when stuff like that happens, you're like, well, that should be the template and the tone that we run with for all future occasions such as these. It should not be taken seriously. Anyway, this is why Hawthorne's into team awards, <laughs> not this right. individual stuff. Where you know, look, I can only hope that for James. I don't know whether he'd care or not. He seems like the type that it might get under his skin a bit. He might want recognition. But <laughs> look, I would hope that maybe it lights a fire and he somehow, impossibly, gets even better next year. Perhaps even lights a fire under himself. Yeah, that's right. You knew where I was going with that. It's <laughs> a classic piece of commentary, that call. Uh, you mentioned team stuff, mate. Tommy Mitchell's on the way out looking for another club. That's the report. Well, I just wonder what kind of a team we're having next year because there's been a fair few changes and this one you mentioned, Tom Mitchell perhaps exploring a trade, perhaps going to Collingwood? Well, when you take him out of his position, I think the stat was 50% of the time, not in the position he likes to play. Yeah, uh, down from 70%. And also, as it comes into the end of the season, he starts working in the position that he wants to be in, <laughs> almost as a, you know, here's what you could have, Richmond, here's what you could have, Pies. It's a sales pitch, yep. Yeah, and also... No one could begrudge Tom moving on, no. as it seems that Hawthorne are moving on from him. They I would want say a, so. They yep. want a blood ward. They want a blood warple. I've never seen Hawthorne put so much pressure on a young man as as warple now. That's what's about to happen to yeah. to yep. boot out a Brownlow medalist <laughs> and go it so savage, and, like he himself did it. Well, basically, they have. You know, you're the best we've had for a long time. You're a Brownlow medalist. We don't have many in Hawthorne. As I said, individual mm. awards don't really fall our way. Yeah, funny, right? Enough. Anyway. But now Warple comes in off a pretty awful season. Yeah. And, and he's got to get back from injury as well. Expectations are enormous. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of pressure on him. Mind you, I, I think this is the best call. I, I really think that we can't get more from Tom Mitchell in brown and gold. I think this is it. But Richmond and, and the Pies can. I think they can, yeah. Okay. I would not be surprised if you walked into another team and was bloody good and it would be Well, he's still really... bloody good. He's still one of our best. I'm not, I'm not sure he takes us further. Do you know what I mean? He's not a premiership player for Hawthorne. It's just not going to happen. He's not holding us back. We're going to notice a big hole, let me tell you. I don't know. I'm a bit more bullish than you. I, I just, I don't know. I, I think we need to recalibrate the midfield. I've said it for... Gee, what feels like two to three years, and this is the kind of massive move. Well, they we did. Do. They did try to do something like this last year. So, yep. anyway, Carl Amon is on his way. Mm-hmm. Papers are stamped. The only question is, what number are they going to give him? Well, I've got a fair few numbers to choose from now. Uh, yeah, Carl, Carl Amon, not much of a story here. It's pretty cut and dry. Mitch Cleary reporting that he's nominated Hawthorne. He's on his way. Carlton were interested at one point. They pulled out. Melbourne and St Kilda were vying for his services, but he chose Hawthorne, which is really great. You've got an, this exciting talent that has bought into Sam Mitchell's vision. Melbourne would have had more wings than a chicken shop. That, that's <laughs> well, ridiculous. Carlton, yep. Yeah, ridiculous. Anyway... Numo asks, uh, at Hook Talk Pod, who do you see partnering Amon on the wing next year? Harry Morrison still hasn't re-signed yet. Is it a case of Nash, Bramble and CJ getting chances to shine? Yeah, I guess it is. I guess it is. But 
Amon's just a lock for that wing. That's the best part. Yeah, effectively. Uh, it might speak to a few of the list changes we've made. We'll get to that in a moment. We've also got, got interest in uh, Tanner Bruin, which I, I'm going to just forge ahead and pretend like I know that that's the correct pronunciation of that name. Yeah, Tanner looks exciting, doesn't he? He looks. I, I find I haven't, just haven't seen enough of him. But he, what, he was, what, pick 12 or something? Inside goal-kicking midfielder. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we could do with that. Access to requirements at GWS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, but I, I would welcome him. That's kind of a watch this space, according to Sam Edmund, who uh, does he save all of his best work for, for the off-season? I feel like I barely hear from him most of the year. And then he has all of the rumours all of a sudden when September hits. <laughs> maybe he just sits there concocting them most of the year. Well, maybe. No, he's all right, Sam. But he certainly is just hitting the airwaves with everything at the moment. Oh, but, but that's, it's not just him. It feels like everyone has their two cents. And it's like, well, how much of this do I actually buy into? Now, the, the listings. Yeah, well, we're talking, I guess, yeah, arrivals, departures, what's happening from here. Uh, we did hear that uh, there's been four changes, at least, four delistings. So Jackson Callow, having injured, been injured in the VFL. That's a rough week, isn't it? Now gets delisted. You do your ankle and then you're shown the door. That's that's got to be tough. And Tiz, do you think it's the right call for him? Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit tough. But that miss he had over in Perth, <sighs> I you know you can't scrub that from your memory, can you? No, well it, it did. It definitely affected him. Oh, it did. It, I'm not disputing that. I'm not saying that's where I said no. We should delist him. <laughs> I'm saying that <laughs> yeah. that absolutely affected him, and his form yeah. after that has hasn't been great. Yeah, his his confidence did seem to take a, a massive hit, and I don't know. I, I think I, I like Callow, but I think my reservation about his de, his delisting is more in theory, and by that I mean you want another key forward. Well, yeah, we're very light on now. We just, that becomes, by Callow dropping off this list, that becomes like a real priority for us in the off-season now. We're just light on for, for that kind of player. I don't think we're going to bring anyone in for that position. I think we'll have to draft for that. Uh, Daniel Howe, another one delisted. Well, he just couldn't get a look in, really. It didn't matter how well he did. And he did do well for Box Hill. Uh, it was a vital cog for them for most games. But look, that's just not where the future is for Hawthorne. You look back and what did he do? He, he, he hit Cripps in the face and then <laughs> broke Fisher's leg. Jeez, you're really going to the archives for some of these blokes. <laughs> and I, I thought, gee, this kid could be anything. You know, if he can. <laughs> That's where I knew this kid has it. <laughs> well, there, he had some very good games. He A couple did. of times against Geelong, he thwarted their, their whole method of attack. Yep, I, I thought he so also did well in the He'll get end. another contract somewhere. Yeah, probably. I thought he did well in the back end of last year as well. So, look, it's same sort of along the lines of the, what I thought, what I said about Mitchell. Can go elsewhere, can play elsewhere. I just think Howe doesn't have anything more to offer Hawthorne. It's just, it's it's time. Now, Connor Downey received a nod from me at the AFLW. Oh, I yes. Yeah, he was nodded that I recognised him. Yep. And I got a bit of a nod back. But he's never got his body right. And no. Um, do you think is a possibility to be given a rookie position? I don't or... know. It sounds harsh, but probably not. I just think based if you cast your minds back to the kind of promise there was around this guy, pick thirty five and... NGA, and we matched the bid from North. Yeah, and we liked everything in his highlight reel. We liked the the assets that he was bringing to his game, but. We just haven't seen any of it, have yeah. we? NGA being Next Generation Academy, by the way. Yeah. So he's part of our academy. 
He didn't play that badly. He played against, was it GWS down in Tassie? Um, the Donks. The Donks. Final round of the year last oh, the, year. At the end of last year. Yep. Didn't look out of sorts. No, but, but that's part of the problem, is that he's just been fine. And when he's not been fine, he's been injured. So it's like, do you persist with that? I, yeah, it's a harsh call. I understand. And then uh, Tom Phillips being delisted is, well, Sam's way of saying foot skills are premium. Yeah, well, it was classic for a, for an ugly snapped goal, but uh, we're not abiding by that in this new era of Hawthorne, apparently. You'd, you'd say he'd get another contract because he kept forcing himself onto the emergency or the medisub. Yeah, another club might be interested. Uh, he's got a significant injury to deal with now. It might make clubs look the other way. But, I mean, you look at the profile there. Downey, Phillips, Howe. We're trying to revitalise our wing stocks. Yeah. All three of those guys can play wing. We've said... You guys aren't the future for this position. We're bringing Amon in, who definitely is a lock to start every single week mm-hmm. on that wing. And then it's a matter of, well, I, I believe that Harry Morrison will be signed if he hasn't been already. How much do you read into those um, coach reports that have been publishing on the website? Well, uh, not a lot until I read the one about Tom Mitchell and then heard the rumours that he's off. <laughs> yeah, Because right? that was uh, scant. It was very telling. Said indeed. nothing, and yeah. Well, Harry Morrison seemed to indicate that he's absolutely back for next year, at least. So, um, and why wouldn't you want him? He's one of the best wingmen in the league this and year. And then, if you're clutching at straws, Gunston told um, Liam Shields in the little goodbye thing mm-hmm. video on Twitter that uh, he'd miss having him around the club. So, oh, hello. He's not going to be at Brisbane with you, is he, Gunston? So, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no. What, what's happening? And where will uh, we know? Because the delistings happened a lot earlier than, than normal, you'd have to say. Yeah, and only four, which means we made a total of six changes to the list so far. Yeah, and you've still got Hardigan out the door, who... Well, you don't just pin it on me. You can't decide... Look, a lot of publications can't decide whether he's contracted or uncontracted. He's not contracted. Is that definitive? No. <laughs> no. Uh, look, I that is that's been my understanding for much of the year. Mm-hmm. I find it shocking that I wouldn't see anything to the contrary until now. Yeah. Okay. We've talked about it a bit. I, I think. Yeah, Hardigan. I was kind of surprised about, and I'm not gonna. Don't pin it on me. Say I'm the only person talking about that. A lot of people are surprised in that. The, the 4D listings that Hardigan wasn't included. I just, what's he going to be doing? Is he just yeah, going to play backups. Box Hill? I mean, he's, yeah. a big, he's a big body. Blank is, is pretty young still, pretty inexperienced. Yeah, well, there is that side of it, I guess. Yeah, he could still be handy. Anyone else? For delisting? Mm. I think, can, can I reveal something that you said to me in our DMs on WhatsApp? Sure. Seamus Mitchell is the luckiest man in football. He's very lucky. They must see something they absolutely love about him. Mate, he was injured when he got drafted. Yep. <laughs> he's, he's spent... How many games? He, he couldn't have played more than 10 games at any level. No. But the thing is, he must be excellent at managing expectations. And that's what well, footy's yeah. about, isn't it? Well, well that's, what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm excited about, is that the club must see something incredible to persist with him after all this or time. Or Burge is coming and gone... Give yeah. it to me, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Let me handle it. I don't know. Seamus Mitchell is lucky. Um, I imagine they persist with Saunders or they might. Yeah, I, I don't know. Is there typically another wave of delistings? How do we go about this normally? Well, uh, you find out whether someone's coming to the club, which is why Callow being mm. delisted and you being rightly concerned about our yeah. forward stocks. Yeah. 
does make people go, well, 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 what's Ollie Henry going to be doing? <laughs> Had a lot of listeners calling for the recruitment of Ollie Henry. Uh, Hawk12 was one of them here, I see on our rundown. Yeah, Ollie Henry, I think he's 20 years old, plays for Collingwood. Moves beautifully. Good. Yeah. Good kick. Mm-hmm. Collingwood don't need him. Do you want to just drift into finals talk for a moment and say how enjoyable it was that Richmond lost? It was In the manner that they lost? Yes. Oh, what a shame. That was, uh, I'm not, when I'm by myself, I'm not a particularly emotive person. I just sort of consume the football, I sit on the couch, I watch it, and it it just doesn't really do much for me. When Danaher kicked that goal, I audibly gasped. See, I am the I am the reverse. Really? If I'm alone, I'll be far more dramatic. Wow. Okay. I would not have picked that. Yeah. Broken a few tellies. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> how did Richmond not rush that through? Had well, five guys there. I, the brilliant part about that is they did a very similar thing against Collingwood. Oh, you which did saw point that out to me. Brundy yeah. kicked the goal as well. Oh dear. We need to get to a few questions before we start wrapping up. Uh, Wiley asking if we should see if uh, Frost is worth anything. Well, look, no holes are barred. Mm. Obviously, the reason Harry isn't signed is so they can look at other places for Harry to go. Flexibility is what you need in the off-season. Sam Frost has a contract, though, so you'd find it hard to mm. move him on and it'd have to be a really good offer for him to move to a fourth club. Is that right? Uh, yeah, well... GWS Melbourne Hawthorne. He hasn't had another one? We're the third? Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right, yeah. I thought he was. I thought Hawthorne was the fourth for some reason. Fourth one, as it were. Um, apparently, we're trying to make moves to get pick two from West Coast, which I think would be... A pretty epic manoeuvre to pry pick two from their hands. And that involves Brockman. It could do. Brockman, could do. pick six for pick two. That's a, yet another guy that definitively we've not heard about his future, but the rumblings are that he is staying. Right. But uh, they might offer him up. Uh, I mean, hell, Harry Morrison could be part of that deal. Would you do Harry and pick six for pick two? I'd do a lot of things for pick two. <laughs> Let me tell you. But I won't do but that. But I do feel that, that Harry is, is um, what am I trying to say? I feel like Harry's part of the ethos at Hawthorne. Yeah. Because I see him around the club, even at VFL, and he's nowhere near playing VFL. Yeah, And he's that's right. still inserting himself in the conversation and, and getting around the family club. So, yeah. Yeah, I know that happened to another bloke that ended up going at Port Adelaide. He turned up to the VFL regularly, did yeah. Ryan, yeah. Ryan Burton, and uh, still got the chop. But I just think Harry's come along in leaps and bounds. And Mind you, having now, said now, that, Harry loved the wings out in, at WA. No, don't do it. Don't do it. He's hitting his straps right now. It's the wrong time to get rid of him. Yeah. And if you consider that the other wingman's going to be the one copping the heat from now on. Yeah. Exactly right. Yep. Could free up Harry significantly. Hey, speaking of Chad before, because I know in a roundabout way you were. Who's that? <laughs> it's a Ryan Burton. We need to talk about Chad Wingard. Sam asks us, what are your thoughts on Chad? Specifically about if he's healthy, what kind of impact do you think he could have for the club moving forward? I envision him as someone like a Burgoyne type, skilled and poised with tons of leadership. Well, he hasn't had a preseason in the time I've known his name. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. he's just... He's a tease. It's what, it, it's what it's been so far. I'm not saying he always will be, but that's how I'd characterise his time at the club. Do you remember him in that 2014 prelim? I remember a lot about that night. I feared <laughs> Chad Wingard that night. Yeah. I did. And that's why I think he's at his best. If you're hitting finals or you're in big games, there's a big crowd around, I think Chad wakes up. I feel like 
So, so the stakes have to be high for him the to get The bigger the pressure, the better the Chad. <laughs> Do you know? And there's players like that. There's people like that in life. Yeah. That yeah. wait for the pressure and then needs, perform. Needs the moment. Yep. Well, Hawthorne's, and he can do it. It's not. It's not a question. Like he can turn up in that moment, and get it done. Hawthorne sitting thirteenth hasn't had many huge moments lately. But once we work our way back up to winning consistently, consistently, and having big, big marquee blockbuster well, no, clashes, I, I think that's the point. I think Chad was showing consistency of not only effort but also output. Yeah, and then he was got injured again. Well, it's that back half of the twenty twenty one season that is prime Chad. That's where you need him to get back to. Because he was getting, what, almost 30 touches. Oh, he looked terrific for us. Yeah, dangerous, that X factor we got him for. and That's where he needs to get back to. But, God, he just needs a preseason and to keep his body right. Fabulous to watch. Very entertaining. Oh, absolutely. Just needs to do it more. That's all. Anyway, we need to start wrapping up. We'd really appreciate it if you could spare a few seconds to rate or review our show over on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. It really does make a difference in helping other Hawks fans find the show. And just on that, we want to give a shout out to our ever-expanding community building around our show uh, day by day. Fans over on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Thanks so much for getting around us. If you haven't joined us already, do come aboard. Simply search Hawk Talk Podcast on whichever social platform you prefer. And lastly, as always, we'd like to extend a massive thanks to our proud, passionate, and paid-up Patreon subscribers who uh, have thrown their support behind us this season. A special shout-out this week to our latest subscriber. Welcome aboard, Jock. Thank you so much for signing up. Now, Tiz, we do have our end-of-season player gradings coming up. It's going to be a three-part series for those that have signed up for Patreon. That's subscriber-only content, folks. If you're keen to have a listen to that and all our other past, present, and future bonus episodes, do check out all the details at patreon.com slash hawktalkpod. And uh, remember to check regularly, because I get the feeling there'll be a few emergency episodes coming. Emergency episodes. Yeah, you know, something quickly develops. Oh, I understand, yes. Yeah. Now, I, I d- didn't clock what you meant by emergency, but tis the season, isn't it? It is. The, yeah. This kind of stuff happens all the time. You hear a little rumour and then suddenly it's an avalanche. Yep, we're on, boys. <laughs> <laughs> so get on board for that. Patreon.com slash hawktalkpod. Uh, red time questions, mate, as we, as we look to wrap up the show. Red time questions, quick fire answers. This one from I Love Games. Top three debutants for this year. Ward, McDonald, blank. Done, done, and done. My three answers as well. That was Any easy. others? Jeez, oh. I tell you what, Sarong didn't look too bad. He didn't look bad, but he's not in the. He can't be in the same category oh, no. as those three. But, but I hold great hopes for him. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think each of them gave something that. You know, provide a bit of optimism for them. It's like, okay, no, I think we have something in this player here for all of them. Uh, this one from Tej. Uh, what are your thoughts on Max Lynch and does he deserve to be playing weekly if fit? He had a promising last game of the season. All things being equal for Max, you know, if he doesn't have the unluckiest season, <laughs> I don't want to bring up an unluckiest season, but I'm sure there have been them. Yeah. But that's not going to happen to him again. Oh, well, that's totally absurd. And we've seen some stuff against Essendon. That looked fantastic. Yep. We've seen stuff in the VFL that passes, <laughs> running at full speed. Yeah. Full speed being, you know, not that quick. But yeah, still but for a ruckman. But you wouldn't want to be in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> but still for a ruckman with ball under arm and then... Rhino on a skateboard. Kicking it across that. his body to Fergus Green in the square. Yeah, exactly. It was beautiful. Yeah, now awesome signs from Max Lynch. I'm bullish on him, as uh, long-time listeners of the podcast would know. 
he just needs better luck than what he had this year. Which now we are out of the running for Grundy, right? Ah, uh, you'd say so. He's probably going to Melbourne, right? He's, yeah. That's probably happening. Put Gorn forward more, please. Especially if it's in the last minute and you really need a goal. <laughs> it's getting real close. Make sure he has a shot. This last one from Michael. Do we have to make finals in season 2023 for the season to be considered a success? No, that's... um. You're only successful if you get a cup. That is... <laughs> Wow. <laughs> is that you, Mick Malthouse? <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? The uh, the ox is slow, but the earth is patient. Oh, come on. I thought you were going to talk about how he tipped Essendon for the flag. Remember <laughs> that? That was this year. Yeah, well, now. Now, I've already... I've already just hang on to your hats here, because mm. this is going to be an article over the summer. If the Swans win the Premiership, yep. Robbo will come out with, Essendon were the last team to beat the Premiers. Oh, God. So they should make finals oh. in 2023. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think uh, it can be a successful season without making finals. I My prediction for next year, my early crow, would be, we knock on the door of the finals. We're but we still don't bottom six. We should get a decent draw. Not as good as Geelong's draw or <laughs> no, Melbourne's right. draw, yep. but still a pretty decent draw. Yeah, look, I think we'll come close to making the finals without actually making it. If we do make the finals, you've got to be overjoyed with that. The acceleration of the list at that point. I mean. Give them a sniff. It's fantastic for them. Yeah. So, what are you doing for the game? Hawthorne taking on St Kilda out at Box Hill City Oval for Father's Day. I'll, I'll cop to not having kept an eye on anything St Kilda, AFLW. I don't know if they're any good. But I like what I saw with our team last week. If they apply themselves with the same sort of spirit and endeavour, the wins will come. Yeah. Yeah, no, they move the ball really well. And uh, if any of you were like me and went to the first season of the AFLW, it is well, light, light years, years ahead yep. now. You're light years ahead of where it was. Absolutely. And it's a credit to them. To see the growth in the game has been terrific. Are you still? Are you allowed to go out to the huddle at quarter time? I actually don't know. I'm going to guess not. Because we weren't allowed to do that at Marvel, and I was really <laughs> aggrieved. Really aggrieved. Oh, mate, all you've wanted since missing Buddy's 100th goal was to get out onto the oh, Marvel turf. And wow. <laughs> I didn't even see that what one coming. What a drive-by. Like, like Jordan Lewis against the Dogs. Now, um, <laughs> it might be a good time for a break for the podcast, actually. Who, I wanted to bring him up, because yeah. he is advising Essendon. Yeah, he is. On who to, you know, install as coach. Yeah, it's perfect, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it. I had to read that three or four times. I mean, there's something for the off-season too. Seeing that drama unfold, that's going to keep me going. I, I just love it. We're looking for an experienced coach. And then three days later, scratch that. We're looking for a coach. A coach. <laughs> <laughs> now, I attempted to flag it before. I just wanted to say that Hawk Talk Podcast going to take a little bit of a break. And that's it. <laughs> oh, really? And we're back. <laughs> uh, usually around this time of year, uh, you know, finals time, if we're not competing, take a break. And, and that's what we're going to do this year. We thought it was really important to cover that uh, that first AFLW game, that really historic game. And uh, we'll be doing so via social media. We're not really going anywhere as far as uh, on Twitter and Facebook and Insta. We'll still be really active over there. But as far as episodes, just a little bit of a break and then we'll get back into it because... God knows there's going to be a lot going on. Uh, there's going to be trade period, drafts, obviously more AFLW. Um, there could be more delistings for all we know. PCM as well. That's another one. Yeah, PCM. So it's all happening. We will be back before you know it. It's been another edition of the Hawk Talk podcast. 
We'll catch you on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram before we return with uh, an all-encompassing episode. I'm sure we'll have much to talk about by the time we get back from our break. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.